Here we go. Hey, look at that. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, everybody. Dedicated Ashes to Creation show running 64 episodes strong today called Reinventing the Wheel. This episode is my inner Yoda on my channel. I almost said something really lame. What was it I was going to say? Uh, rock out with the powder out because get dusted. Also, he's wearing the obligatory wait, obligatory baby powder on his neck that you can get dusted with. Um, it's not weird. It's actually never mind. Okay. Um, so everybody, it's been several weeks, hasn't it? Right, like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two or three weeks. Yeah. And we, yeah, it's like several weeks ago that we did the last show. Um, we didn't get a whole lot. We were planning on doing every two weeks. However, we didn't get enough to make another show with, so we kind of just rolled on through. We had the live stream. We'll probably be touching base on that a good bit today. Um, but uh. Yeah, there was uh, one piece that I didn't really add to the discussion today, which was the the Falcon. They had released that last week, I believe, the 29th. Uh, and it was actually uh, pretty cool to see. I mean, they, you know, I'm not going to say I can go into it too much. Um, but I think the main the main theme that I've got overall is is that we're starting to see like a lot more uh, related to the design and development side, not so much concept art as much as it used to be, and a lot more in the direction of, uh, you know, 3D renders and going a step beyond that and seeing it in the the actual open world environment, which you know so many people have been, you know, we've, we were screaming about that last year. Oh yeah, all year, right? So mm -hmm. we got to we got to see a lot regarding the Falcon, you know, and. Uh, it's super cool. Go check it out if you haven't yet. You know, this Falcon's got a couple wings, right? It's not just your typical Falcon. It's actually really cool looking. I'm actually pretty excited about that thing, but um, <clears throat> super cheesy uh, character uh, is like kind of like beckoning the Falcon around. So, I mean, we still kind of see some of the elements of these BR characters, but I noticed specifically on this one that there was a lot more detail to the character yeah. model than there was before. Mm -hmm. um, the Falcon itself wasn't actually the big takeaway for me. Uh, Cause the last episode we did, you and I were discussing a lot of the changes uh, that we got to, uh, well, my experiences in the, uh, you know, castle siege test. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about that. Uh, but this was a big takeaway because it's the first time we've seen any real, what seems to be high rendered, model of a character like that character looks significantly detailed compared to what we played with in the battle royale honestly yeah yeah there <clears throat> there you can definitely see the visual improvements and they continue to kind of bring those out in little tidbits which is nice just wish we could have a little bit more than a snack but a little more than a snack daedalus you ready to feast i'm ready to feast on the live stream beast of fill in the blank <laughs> no you don't really fill in the blank i'm just so curious feast of uh i don't know a feast <laughs> of ui i've you're catching me at a, at a loss here like wow made a feast on something yeah hopefully not vaporware no just kidding <laughs> God, that was bad I, that that was by no means my opinion on the subject you know we uh Let's go ahead and move into the live stream because this came out on the 29th and mm -hmm. what was it like two days? No, a day later, maybe we got the mm -hmm. live stream, right? Mm -hmm. We got to see a couple of the the gents up there at the studio and they talked about their roles. Well, actually three, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. three of them, right? Including Bacon. Mm -hmm. And they went through and there's a few areas I wanted to hit on. The first one was uh, just overall the design. We saw Ryan Pearson. Uh, and I didn't re realize, and we had talked last time too, about how there were, they were, you know, hiring so many people and so many positions were open, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Ryan Pearson went up and, and of course he's been there for several months now, but I didn't realize he worked at Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, I, I think I remember hearing that, but it didn't really register until he mentioned it on the stream. Um, and yeah, I was really interested to to hear a lot about that. I mean, a lot of people, you know, UI is, is definitely important. Um, 
but it's it's not necessarily what most people think about in terms of game they think of kind of the the actual gameplay but it's really to me ui is super important as a player because uh i mean i just i guess because i have a I don't say I have a UX background, but a UI design is extremely important to what I do on a day-on-day basis. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd really be interested to actually hear what you what you and the viewers think about the UI discussion in general. I mean, I know the team has been iterating um, and reiterating on what they call a modular UI and for a long time, and I'm excited to see um, that they did show some of those early designs. I mean, I think they've got a right philosophy. You know, I probably that, you know, they talk about form following function. Yeah. Um, that's really important. I'd also add, I'm hoping that they go with a minimum key presses, clicks to get to what you need. That's one thing that in some games, I'm like, how many windows do I need to click through to get to something? I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I just, I really like the care. I mean, I know they were, kind of downplaying that whole character fly-in thing but i really like that i mean i thought that was good i mean the only thing that i would maybe change about that was um that you know he was talking about maybe having an overlay of the inventory i mean i think you if you kind of move some things around and maybe didn't use as much real estate you could get it all on a single screen and it would still look pretty awesome the one thing that i i and maybe I understand why they were a little hesitant because I kind of had this discussion when I talked with the UX guys at, at work. But a lot of times you've got UX guys that don't really take the time to learn whatever tools you're using. So they're like, oh, they've got all these great designs, but there's no way you can actually implement those in any mm-hmm. way, shape or form. It feels like, um, you know, Ryan is a lot more plugged in, which is great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would, I would uh, agree that it was a little odd to kind of show this really cool looking fly-in thing and then maggie and steven were like well you know this is still iterated they were like really standoffish about showcasing that even though they chose to showcase that to begin with so yeah it was interesting yeah do you mean like the uh, fly-in thing where it's like the camera rotation panning yeah kind of whatever that was very cinematic Yeah. yeah i mean one of the things that i think um Steven said really early on is he wanted the world and the whole experience to be more cinematic. Yeah. That to me was very cinematic. So I'm like, don't change that in terms of the, the concept of it. Obviously there's still some tweaks you need to do mm-hmm. to kind of, you've got all the right information in that window, but definitely I really like that UI. It's like anywhere in the world, it'll like, you know, here we go. Here's our character screen. You're kind of immersed there and you can see all your stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of think, uh, well, that actually tied into another, one of the other gentlemen that was actually up there, but you know, as far as like my thoughts, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was actually surprised cause his, um, you know, he went through and essentially discussed part of his resume mm-hmm. and, you know, which they like to, they like to do, uh, or at least Steven likes to do from time to time. It's kind mm-hmm. of fluff it up and talk about, you know, this person's from here, you know, essentially promoting the fact that, look, these are people that are part of the team that are working on the game you care about, who who clearly have experience, who have clearly worked on projects that have been successful, um, working at Blizzard in any capacity. You're, you've, wor- you've worked in a successful uh, environment, period. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I overall thought that the uh, the camera panning was actually really nice. Uh, overall, like as far as like, you know, it was clearly an early iteration. It's not a final product. Um, we can expect in several months once they start to showcase more of that, that it'll look a lot different. Uh, but generally just, you know, I think the most important thing to me was that, look, here's the direction. Um, here's what, you know, you could, I think the form follows function, you know, it just kind of remind me, it run, reminded me of something relating to architecture. You know, I think a lot of like old Frank Lloyd Wright and, like some of this stuff that kind of ties into that to that and you know he's a really an amazing architect and that was the the back end philosophy for him in architectural design was you know you can you can uh you could you know paint this picture you could create this uh yeah building whatever and you know it can look good but if it doesn't function if it's just going to break and fall to pieces then what's the point 
you know, right. it won't work. It's not going to last anyway. What up mm-hmm. in chat, TL? How you doing, homie? Like, honestly. Um, so, you know, when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's a really, you know, it's it's good to hear that somebody who is designing this has this as an underlying philosophical idea in their approach to creating a UI or mm-hmm. or whatever they approach uh, doing in the game, which was really good to hear that. And, uh, you know, as far as like the actual design of it all, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, getting to kind of see that the backdrop would be whatever your environment was in and not this kind of, you know, real old, old style, like really boxy sort of thing that pops up on your screen. And instead it really kind of pulls you in and you feel like you're right with it, right there with your character and you get a good idea of like, here's the pieces of gear and here's your stats, which we got to see some of the stats. You know, I don't know if those are going to be like, you know, final final stats but that was actually pretty important because that's not really something we got to see mm-hmm. i don't know if people are even talking about that they got to see everything from dexterity to you know vitality or whatever and you know it was pretty cool to see that it's like okay we're getting an idea of what we might see in the mmorpg which is what i'm waiting for we've all been waiting for um but they did do that talked about the icons and the compass which was something else that ryan had mentioned he was essentially going through and long you know long explanation was on the stream you all should check it out if you want to see it but the short form is they were talking about these placeholder icons that have been developed that you'll be able to see on your um compass uh which so now they're actually you know acknowledging you're going to have a compass um which is something that i i'm a huge proponent of i play the elder scrolls online full time right now and i love my compass when the compass doesn't work uh i'm kind of unhappy you know, that hasn't really been a problem in that game since, you know, back in the beta and early launch days. But um, I was really happy with the compass, the fact that we're getting one. Um, but I think overall, it was a good idea to see. Like, I, th- I think that, like, we're getting to a point now. And I think it's a good idea that Steven and, and everyone are actually beginning to showcase more of this. And it's not just a, well, here's a, here's what we're doing. Can't wait to show you we're really starting to get a lot more of like, okay, check this out. Early iterations of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There was even like a discussion that this is like, you know, the guy who's going to be working on the artisan class UI and, and everything. So you get an idea of what his underlying theme might be. Yeah. I really like that. And I like the fact that they talked about being able to, I think they'd maybe they've talked about this at a high level before, but being able to really customize your UI, because there's two ends of the spectrum they talked about, right? It's people that want completely minimalist. They don't want to see anything but their character and the path in front of them and others that are like, I want windows everywhere. I'm kind of like a balance of the two. So, um, you know, I, I, I am definitely an information junkie. I was actually just talking with my wife about, my UI because we were messing around here before the stream on wow. And I was kind of streaming my screen so she could kind of take a look at it. And yeah, I just have so many things everywhere, like little pieces, like how much inventory space I have, what's my ping, you know, what kind of materials do I have all that stuff. And I like that, but I like it kind of on the fringes so that I can still focus on, you know, where my health is at and what spells I've got, et cetera. So I do like being able to just move things around. So I do like the fact that they are going to, as opposed to say like Blizzard where they started, right? Which was, you know, they relied on their community to really kind of add all this value. I like the fact that they're trying to think about that ahead of time and give us options. I'm hoping we do have a lot of options other than just, you know, size and position, I do hope we have a lot of options in terms of things we can show and not show um, because I think that would really make um, the UI experience really positive to me because then that way you you end up, I would say, um, addressing the, some of the stigma around no UI mods whatsoever, mm-hmm. but you give people enough options where they don't really care, right, if they don't have a lot of UI mods. Right. I mean, that's like one thing, if you remember too far back, uh, when Steven had you know, been asked like, you know, about add-ons and the discussion mm-hmm. of add-ons is like, will they be allowed? And the, the underlying 
you know, perspective is no, we don't want that. We don't want to take away from the game. Uh, but at the same time, there was always this uh, discussion that, and and also we want to ensure that you have a high level of customability to your UI and action bars and stuff of that nature. Hey, you give me you give me the option to customize my UI and game. I don't want an add on. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm good with keeping. You know what? You know with with the Elder Scrolls Online. I come back to this one a lot because I've played it for so many years. I mean, I've came back to this one over the entire time we've done the show. And the the one thing that's true to the Elder Scrolls Online is like it always has an appearance about it that you know is an Elder Scrolls game, right? And I don't like taking away from that part of the immersion of a UI. So, you know, they've talked before about having other games and other, you know, you know, products within the Ashes of Creation universe and uh, within Intrepid Studios also. And so, you know, one thing that I would enjoy is if that was something that was also true here. Like, you know... It's a product of of Intrepid Studios because, you know, there's the same vibe and element in its appearance and the way that it represents itself. And we are talking about reinventing the wheel. This isn't the first MMORPG in development to exist. It's another one. But the, the idea is that they are reinventing it. So it's not just another one and the same. Um so talking about the UI design, one thing that uh, I forgot to mention too is if you go back and look at the live stream, there was one important bit of information in that, and that was that it was taken from Alpha Zero, which means what they were showing us is what Alpha Zero looks like right now when you're talking about your character sheet. And you're talking about the background also, by the way. If you all were paying attention, this wasn't an APOC environment that we saw. It wasn't. It was not a map that you can play on the BR, either one of them right now. Putting that out there. I noticed that, and that resonated with me because so many people are sick of it being APOC, APOC, APOC. Well, hey, that definitely wasn't APOC. <laughs> like, right. You know, so I thought that that was really important. Hey, Night Scream. How you doing, homie? Um <clears throat> So kind of like moving forward and we talked about gear slots, which was another thing I found is that was important as a mm-hmm. theory crafter, of course, like I love my theory crafting. Um, when, when I know what pieces of gear I got to work with, that helps me to understand like the types of combinations that I could potentially uh, have in the future. Uh, of course it's not set in stone, but um, it gives us this working idea, which I remember back in some of the earliest episodes back when this was called the Simcast. And you came on and we were doing theory crafting over the archetypes that we actually knew abilities for and everything. Um, I remember feeling plateaued because we didn't really have an idea of what a working model for the gear sets would be or items, itemization would be uh, Mm -hmm. or um, stats would be. Um, So as a theory crafter, although it's not set in stone, I have some reference points now. So hopefully the other theory crafters out there notice that and we're also, you know, maybe excited about it. But, um, oh, and the other thing that was uh, important was the gentleman that was working on the UIs was also showcasing um, the potential alliance and class uh, overhead indicators, right? The the shields and, and those things. Right. So, I mean, it didn't, it may not have seen, it might've seemed like we were talking about a lot of technical stuff, in that live stream, I actually found it to be a super informative live stream personally compared to a yeah, lot of what we've seen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ideas about what markers and that they're actually working on this stuff. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of being able to see all that, like you said, all that stuff that they're talking about, Hey, we can't wait to show you. We're starting to see some of the nuts and bolts and, and, uh, you know, I know there was definitely some trepidation from the team as they were showing that. I mean, they kind of talked a little bit about how, you know, later on Bacon was like nervous about showing things. But yeah. I mean, I think the the team, you know, definitely did a good job of balancing that out and being able to see some new stuff, which was good. I mean, I think the UI piece was actually a, a pleasant surprise to be able to see on the screen. That was something that I didn't expect. Um, so I thought that was really good, um, you know, to be able to kind of see that and and see the where 
you know, what they're thinking of doing with that. And not only for the character sheet, but all the other indicators too, and like how they're handling, you know, the siege mechanics and the different classes and all of that. I think that was great. And again, it, it definitely speaks to the level of detail that they're trying to go for, even with something like the UI, which generally is, is I would say, an afterthought in some games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I think I was actually really excited because as I saw that, I think I probably told you like I'm like, man, I hope that like I hope that to some level we can get a similar vibe to what I I like about the Elder Scrolls Online because they did a lot of things right. Although some of that is absolutely an Elder Scrolls thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like one example is being able to loot your environment like that. I don't expect every MMO to be like that. That is an that is an Elder Scrolls feature. It's a key feature to an Elder Scrolls game, right? Um, but ah, and this is like where I kind of make a spin and kind of maybe jump in a little bit of the gun here. But we're going to talk about the whole satchel thing later. Belt. Oh yeah, I was going to say don't don't forget the satchel. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about key elements and features, like I'm actually I want to get to that in a little bit. But this is one feature that I could conceptualize as being and ashes of creation feature that maybe is paramount to this type of game and adenians is laughing at me at chat and i have to say two two letters two letters two words no you all right so as we're kind of moving on <laughs> making a shirt by the way with that and yeah, culture of the community here um also i forgot to mention this in the beginning uh super big shout out to everybody here i usually i know i'm a little rusty because it's been a few weeks We've been doing these every week as we used to, but like super shout out to like literally everybody here in the uh, in the Crusader community here, whether you're on YouTube, uh, here on Discord, here on Twitch, you all have like literally honored me with all of your support uh, the past like couple months or so as I've like really been digging in. The the Discord has a amazing quality. We're up to level two now and Discord, thanks to all of you like boosting the server. It's freaking awesome. Uh, it helps, it helps here at the show. Uh, we haven't had any buggy issues here in our call that we're doing right now. And I feel like part of that probably has to do with the fact that our quality is higher as well. So I just shout out to literally all of you who support this crusade and the community and the content that we make both Daedalus and myself. Um, I really appreciate you and seriously, thank you very much. Um, just gotta, gotta make, make sure I say that. Um, so we we did move on to um, uh, the next gentleman, which was was Dave. I hope I say this right. Is it Olkers? I believe it's Dave Olkers. Yeah. Olkers. Okay. So he's been there for several months. Uh, he was at Sony in San Diego. He worked on a game, The Mark of Cree. Um, and if you want to look it up, it's K R I. Uh, so he's got what sounds like a pretty good deal of experience uh, with action oriented games. Uh, he also was at Tryon, worked on Defiant. So again, um, so a lot of combat design and that's really kind of what he's stepping into. I think he, right before coming here was at Amazon studios. Uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of experience again. Uh, and he's, he's, uh, he seemed like he was really like excited to like come in and start polishing up, uh, a lot of like the fluidity and combat movements and everything, but uh yeah uh, did you you have any like main takeaways from anything that he presented i got a few here but you know yeah i mean i definitely um you know i really like what he presented i mean i'm i'm very happy to know they're um you know, they've got some industry veterans that or yet another industry veteran that they've got i mean he's worked on you know games like defiance he definitely the amazon pedigree is nice as well um, and I actually did a little Google stocking of my own on this guy. And I took a look at some of his animation reels for some of his work. And I was pretty impressed with what he can do um, in terms of, you know, in, in, this wasn't too far off in terms of when he put this together. And, and I, I really can't wait to see what he does for the action combat animations um, in, uh, in Ashes, because you know, he's definitely got a lot of what I really like about action combat is a lot of weight to how characters move and you've got kind of a lot of um 
don't know. Again, I just say wait. I think I think that's probably the best way to put it. And one thing too, and I couldn't remember this, um, and someone fact checked me here, but I don't think they're planning on doing hybrid combat for some time yet, right? It's still going to be action combat for GDC until like Alpha. What I think they said Alpha Two was when they were going to do hybrid. That's been so, my working understanding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do like the fact that they're focusing on quality animations and um and they've got some key people in those roles that can do that i think that was kind of my main takeaway um you know other than the fact that i do like them rotating in new developers you know people we haven't heard from yet Mm -hmm. and being able to kind of you know meet the team see where they're coming from so yeah i think my main takeaway was just you know i i did some google foo with this guy and i really liked what i saw um and um i'm I was really impressed with even the stuff they were showing with the skill runner and some of the other characters in there. I mean, definitely I like the the fact that we were able to kind of see a lot of these um, animals and creatures come mm-hmm. to life. Uh, that's to me, like the biggest takeaway over the past several months as we've gotten more and more creature art is being able to see the attention to detail um, in the animations and how they're really kind of, trying to make all of these creatures behave in very real ways versus whatever kind of standard animations you get, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But you know, those kind of probably be my main takeaways from, from uh, his presentation from Dave's presentation. Yeah. I'd probably be, I think I'm probably going to just have to say me too on most of that. I don't really, didn't really have anything additional, uh, but it seems like a pretty good segue for talking about the character art a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had another important thing that uh, Stephen had mentioned is that we're going to begin getting a look in the near future at some of the different races, right? <laughs> Been waiting on that one for a hot minute, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I was, I was in nerd overdrive that i'm like dear god yes i mean mm-hmm. we've been asking for that for a better part of a year right so i'm wondering what they're going to actually show us um you know I, obviously it's going to be non-human but what type of non-human um obviously they have a few to choose from <laughs> so i'm hoping to see um orc and and elf and dwarf in mm-hmm. the very near future i know there's a lot of people wanting Tulnar as well but I think you're probably going to have to, I guess, crawl before you walk. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Right. So I think that there is, you know, we've talked about how like they're them working on these character models. A lot of people have been going. I think the criticism is like, oh, look, more cash shop stuff. We want to see this. And I think that the thing that that they did a really good job of reiterating that I'm not gonna I mean they've said it before but I feel like today was or not today but this last live stream was like a really good example of follow through on saying a lot of things which is well working on this bear working on this you know raptor looking creature working on this lizard uh, uh Wicker thank you for the follow friend appreciate that uh Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So say we all. So, you know, the thing is, is that uh, they've talked so much about how whenever uh, they create these creatures that literally tie into cash shop sort of stuff that's been there to help fund the game along the way. We don't want to see this stuff. We're like, yo, these aren't the only creatures that are going to have this model, right? There's going to be like other bears. There's going to be other uh birds there's going to be other tigers or lions or whatever and you know having these like baseline fundamental models down literally is the work for pretty i mean every think of wow mm-hmm. how many different skinned creatures did we get how many dragons are in that game that look differently but have the same functions all right yeah you know, or bears or tigers or whatever. I mean, that's the work, man. And so they showed multiple, right? Not just concept art to like this CGI rendered model, but like 
check it out in the game. And again, the game was not APOC. It was not that backdrop of APOC. It was this area, like specifically, I think the Skell Runner mount, the lizard. Mm-hmm. That was in this uh, biome we've never seen. Like, same for the hawk. And one thing I like too was the fact that, you know, one thing with WoW that it tends to do um, is a new creature oh, oftentimes is like a recolor, right? It's not as maybe detailed. I, one thing I really like about what they did show in terms of the models, there was a lot of detail. It wasn't just, you know, oh, here's a black bear, here's a brown bear, here's a white bear. I mean, it was like there was like legitimately like different textures, different touches to the mm-hmm. character or the creature rather. And and I thought that was really cool. And it it definitely gives me a lot of hype around the fact that, you know, it's not just going to be, uh, you know, a, a couple of boxes that they're checking with different creatures. It's going to be, you know, something that's uh, going to be a little more amped up, which, like, you know, mm-hmm. I know they keep talking about Jincy and everybody loves Jincy. Well, I know why, because, you know, what she does is pretty awesome. And I know right. the other team members do great jobs, you know, as well. But just kind of seeing just some of the quality of work just in a few of the team members was really awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that portion of the stream immensely as well, because not only did you kind of, head-on address some of the critique but you also backed it up with hey here's some stuff where we actually implemented what we just told you we were doing so yeah it was pretty cool yeah and i mean that's the thing is is the the bear like i was like dude like we saw the stag too i mean i I left that one out Mm -hmm. the stag was i mean that was gorgeous and then i mean these are literally all these creatures that are going to be in the game and the bear, the bear, it was like this almost like forest tempered uh, sort of like, oh, I don't even know the way to put it, man. Like it almost looked, you know what it reminded me of? It almost reminded me of like the more recent iterations of the bear druid form in WoW. Mm-hmm. Like how it's kind of got like that bark skin sort of thing to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. but way cooler <laughs> like literally yeah exactly i mean it definitely felt like there was more character there and one of the things that i really liked i think you touched on this offline as well was the markings on the stag or the deer yes and and i love the fact that they said oh but there's different lore and there's different clans and all of that and it actually reminded me of one of their first kickstarter videos or in that time frame where they showed like you know, the stag kind of running around and having that kind of glowy effect with the markings and stuff. It is. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm seeing the progression from that. That was, I would say basic. I'm not going to say it was truly basic because it was Mm -hmm. pretty awesome back then too. But also now they're saying, okay, but there's more different clans. There's just definitely, I mean, there's a lot of world building going on behind the scenes and, we're really starting to kind of see that as opposed to it being more words and saying, guys, you know, we're, we are doing this too. Here's a few bit, tidbits. And I know they don't want to give a ton away, but even that, just kind of that little gem was nice to be able to see, um, you know, the fact that they're even taking the time to say, okay, there's different clans of deer, right? Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty fantastic in my opinion. In, in terms of again their world building and the level at which they want to go with with the character models and the creature models. Yeah, and there was like the uh, the dragon, the shadow dragon pet, which was really interesting because it didn't have like back legs at all, and it almost sounded like Stephen was explaining that this little critter, this little pet that you could have, right, this little shadow dragon like potentially like that tail end of it uh, was almost going to be like uh, some sort of like a a shadow kind of like transparent sort of uh, kind of like texture to where it's like, you know, it was, you know, it was not fully solid, just like up at the front where the the arms were at. So kind of curious seeing how that would actually like translate into the game. And of course, like I said, when, when did castle sieges not too long ago uh, at the end of the year, 
when I was checking that out, I was like, man, they are just rocking it. I mean, it looks good. It looks good. Um, so the satchel was something that they showed and they referenced how there would be different attachments uh, that part of the uh, use was that they had, you could basically have multiple applications. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I saw that, I thought to myself as a theory crafter, you know, what kind of, we, we know the augmentation exists. This seems to be, you know, somewhat similar or different. And I don't know exactly which direction this is going to go. Is this going to be a part of the way that we augment? You know, is augmentation of skills, for example, going to be uh, I stow a certain material and this material then alters uh, this ability to cause it to function this way, you know? Mm-hmm. And then do you pair like, it? you know, is that like where our augmentation system is going to come from? Or is it like something completely supplemental to all of what we already know? Personally, I would love the latter um, on that. Um, I, I think that would be awesome. Um, and I really like this again, another detail that I found really exciting about the stream was when they show the belt, obviously, but to me, it would, when you're talking about before, um, on the stream about, um, mm-hmm. like things being uniquely elder scrolls, right. I definitely feel like, you know, like you were saying, this would be a great way to make something uniquely, you know, ashes of creation uniquely for that world where you do have like, you know, uh, different attachments for your belt, different things you can kind of visibly see on your character. And, it, you know, they were talking about before a long time back, they had some rings or some, some sort of jewelry that was a cosmetic, right? So I kind of see that if, if they're going to really go, you know, full force into this type of thing, you have might have different potions you add to your belt, different jewelry you have. And to me, you could do something even, you know, simple. It doesn't have to be crazy powerful like an augment or like something that would be a bonus on a good piece of armor, but something that might fill in the gaps to round out a build. So, you know minor uh, secondary stat bonuses or brief effects or brief boosts you can kind of like you know maybe a quick use like almost like a quick use trinket right Mm -hmm. where you might have like a quick burst of health or a quick burst of mana or you know mana regen or something that isn't necessarily a potion but some other boost i think that would be really cool to see and then and and kind of having again that level of immersion that attention to detail which again, it just feels like, you know, an amped up campaign that you're doing with D&D or Pathfinder or what have you, right? Just you've got all these things at your disposal and it just helps you round out your character and feel connected and immersed in the world. So yeah, that was, you know, that was awesome. And it's like, literally I got excited over a belt, which I you know, <laughs> right. I can't really say that much, right? But, uh, but it was pretty cool to be able to see that level that they're thinking at and it still you know goes back to that whole we're really they're really trying to handcraft the world and make things that are uniquely theirs versus you know like you said you know they're reinventing the wheel but this is not necessarily a bad thing right they're actually really taking a look at what excites them about gameplay what excites them about rpgs in general and and trying to build that into the into the game itself mm-hmm yeah, I think the other thing that was mentioned uh, when we talk about uh, the, like the uh, the stag, right? I believe Margaret said that uh, in the near future there would be some lore. Was it behind? Was it about the stag or was it? Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. There, there was also the reference to the uh, the Dunheim dungeon. Remember that Alpha Zero thing mm-hmm. back yeah. in the day? And there was some discussion... Uh, Pi, what's up in chat, homie? Uh, Pi right there is working on Defend the Night, another MMORPG in development. That's one of the uh, developers there. Hammers in chat for our friend Pi over there at Defend the Night. Welcome, friend. Um, <clears throat> so they had referenced the ghost armor models as they were some, showing mm-hmm. some concept art and how that would translate in the near future into uh, 
uh, you know, like in-game models. And of course, if you, you all, this is a, this is on their YouTube. You can go back and look at the Duneheim dungeon, uh, YouTube video. They, they actually ran in there and did it. I mean, if you played Alpha Zero with some of us, we went in there and, uh, don't go in there alone. I got stomped on the Alpha Zero trying to go in there alone. That was not a good idea. Yeah, I remember. Got blown up. I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was a bad choice there, Sim. Um, but yeah, they uh, were basically like kind of showcasing these different models. And then we got, again, a little bit of like a taste of lore. Talking about how these were these protectors and all of that. And I'm going, okay, you know, maybe the lore is not going to be so tight to the chest as we all thought or I thought. Which was, they're not going to tell us anything until we get in that game, maybe. Regarding lore. Maybe we're going to get more than we thought. Maybe people are going to have enough to to work with and um speaking of stuff to work with they did reference the uh map the world map that had been previously released which we talked about last time i don't want to forget this one because i don't know what all the theories that the people in the community uh had been coming up with but apparently some of the people that came up in theory crafted ideas of like gate uh, origination and who belonged where and with what, etc. Apparently some people out there who've been formulating these uh, uh, theories uh, have hit the nail on the head with some of them. Who knows what those are? Um, but the other one takeaway regarding the map, I want to make sure that I uh, note is that we know that was it 480 square kilometers of the world map. Yeah. Um, there was a question uh, about whether or not that, was just the land like how much of the land was playable how much of the water was playable and essentially what they said was that basically if it's in the outside of the map that may not there might be areas there that aren't playable but essentially within the world the 480 is playable and that could be water or land is what i got from that what were some of your takeaways from those parts of the conversation I mean, I would say like the the piece that got me, you know, pretty hyped as well um, was the discussion about water content. Um, and I got to experience that in some form in Park Age Unchained, say in the past few months. And so the, the potential for encounters on the water. So I, I do like the fact that they're not having that be kind of like I've seen in other games, right? Kind of a dead zone where like you kind of have little activity yeah. but it's not really a lot to really write home about um so i did like the fact that there was you know plans for content not only just naval content but water content in general right there might be other things you can do so yeah i thought that was a great thing too i would be interested to see who got things right i think they were pretty tight-lipped about who got what right but it's kind of being able to kind of hear that and and just honestly, just getting the whole map in general was was a great, um, I think, a great ad, and got people um, away from. Uh, we haven't really got much to a really positive spin with the creative director's letter. So yeah, I think that was definitely good, and it's definitely kickstarted a lot of career. Um, I would say some theory crafting there too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was just, you know the fact that they're again thinking about these different subtleties like water content and and other things i think was just really well received you know, mm -hmm. you know people were pretty excited about that yeah so we we got to look some also when bacon came on uh, uh we got to see some more related to the environment and the thing that was interesting is that he made a really clear reference point that they've moved on in that regard with there's really not a whole lot they're doing or plan to be doing in any way, shape or form for anything that's an APOC because everything environmentally that's being worked on. And it sounds like for some time has been uh, specifically uh, related to, you know, this alpha zero transition to alpha one environment. Right. Right. <clears throat> we got a lot of um, a lot of uh, concept art, of course. Uh, for like the encampments and things of that nature. I noticed that we've shifted a bit more and they talked a lot more about the, uh, damn, the Valoon. Yes. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that. And uh, 
uh, it seemed like a lot of the concept art was around that, you know, uh, showed mm -hmm. it, uh, the encampment. And I think it was funny because Margaret was like, oh, you guys just went and jumped right to a metropolis. And they're like, no, 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 that's just the camp. That's just a little bit of a larger camp. That is not the metropolis. And you're going, when a person in the studio sees that and even they're going, oh, you jumped right all the way up to the top. They're like, no, 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 that's not the top. Which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he talked a lot about the blueprints and uh, blueprints and assets and, and essentially like the development and evolution for the buildings that you place. And uh, the really big takeaway on that for me was showing how these buildings were going to unfold mm -hmm. as you were building them and that the unfolding and as they continued to rise, uh, was directly tied to the uh, resources that you were contributing to it. So, you know, referencing Arc, Arc Age like you did, when you go in Arc Age and you build your, uh, like, APOC is over, DTL, <laughs> seems like it. Um, <clears throat> but in, in Arc Age, for example, for anyone who doesn't know, when you go and you start to build your uh, home, right, right, uh, <laughs> All praise the sandal. There you go, Stephen. Um, but whenever you uh, build an arcade, you essentially just have this big a box that looks like uh, you know some some tarps uh, that are boxing in this location, and you basically go and just contribute to it. Nothing changes. Nothing looks different until it's actually built, and you finalize and go, "Okay, I'm done. I've delivered all my stuff here. All my wood, all my iron, all my whatever." a stone, etc. Here it's like, well, we're showing you this unfolding process as you're raising walls, beams, stairs, a roof and all of that. And it's kind of like, that's super cool. I would have never expected that level of uh, detail to be part of it at all. Right. We're not talking about a triple A studio. We're talking about a crowdfunded, uh, 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 developer, you know, by developer, I mean, you know, CEO, uh, Steven backing it with his millions of dollars. You know, talking about this being backed by a small entity in comparison to something like Bethesda or uh, blizzard Activision or something. Right. So that was right. super cool. Um, and that was not really anything they've ever really discussed before. So being able to actually see that unfold and that just be like, a, Oh, Hey, by the way, this is kind of what you could look forward to. I thought that was pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say too, um, part of that, and I know this is a sexy th thing to talk about, but I do like the fact that they talked a little bit more about their process to say, look, yeah, we tried some things with prefab and it didn't meet our needs, and and I would and and we had to switch gears, right? So that I thought was great. It kind of speaks to the kind of the transparency of it all. I think that's good that we're kind of getting a little more insight into that. And I, you know, most people may not find that interesting, but I think it's important to see that they're just not settling on tools just to check a box. They want yeah. to implement tools that are most efficient because they have to be agile. It's a smaller studio. Mm -hmm. They need to make sure their pipelines are as low overhead as possible. And it's kind of, you know, one thing that I really like about this being a smaller independent game studio like Intrepid, it's, it's, they're not afraid to iterate until they get it right. I mean, like, you know, you have AAA studios that push whatever they can out, whatever state of polish it's in or lack thereof. Yeah. And you don't kind of get a good quality product in the end. And then being able to change or add is takes so long. Um, I do like the fact that they're really wanting to try to be as efficient as possible so they can really crank out content and yet even though it was hilarious that bacon was so hesitant about this early iteration of this construction mechanic but i mean that was pretty awesome i mean i think you got a lot of you know great feedback just on that is that you know you're they're really again focusing on this mm -hmm. level of detail that we haven't really seen it's somewhat unprecedented in, you know, triple A studio MMOs. So yeah, I think that was great. I, and I always enjoyed, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I love bacon. Um, and 
and I like the fact that he's always on there and he yeah, has this really high level of passion for his craft and that never ceases to amaze me. I mean, the amount of stuff that he's shown on stream and he said, oh, well, this is just really early. It's better than most final products that I've seen. So I really can't wait to experience the world through his eyes because he's and him and his team and the direction they're going he's just always been you know extremely fascinating to me and coupled with the fact that the characters themselves are really high fidelity mm -hmm. it wouldn't it would be out of place if they didn't do the equal thing on the environment side and i just i no, don't ever see that being a disconnect i feel like it's always going to be that level of quality and and one thing um any of you all on the stream have experienced APOC, you know, the key takeaway for me there outside of all the mechanics, et cetera, was how stable and how pretty that game was. Right. Um, and it just speaks to the fact that they're wanting to really do a high quality job with the same, you know, th assets, you know, maybe in, in a, in a broader world in the MMO. Cause if they can bring that same level of quality in that small space to a world, I mean, you're, you're definitely, we're all in for a treat. So I want to shift a little bit now. I don't know exactly how much of the Q and a you wanted to touch on. I do, definitely don't want to drag it out too much now, uh, in terms of like, you know, the, just overall, um, the questions and answers. There were, um, more questions this time around though. Mm -hmm. We, we, we're usually pretty critical, I think of the Q and a because a lot of times the Q and a tends to be a lot of this, much of the same. And it's generally because uh, the way that those questions were collected previously was just kind of like randomized. And now it seems like there's a little bit more of a screening. And typically my, my concern with screening of questions would be that you don't answer things that you don't want to answer because you're not ready to yet. Um, but I didn't feel like that was the case this time around. And they've been collecting, they've been making more of a point collecting the questions, uh, you know, uh, prior to the live streams now. And uh, in the past, a lot of them were things that, like as veteran followers of the game, we're kind of like, all right, great, here we go. Um, we're kind of talking about the same old thing again. Uh, stuff we've all been clearly aware of for, you know, forever now. And these questions I didn't think were really like that. Um, there were questions about legendary weapons or spells. There were questions about um, the uh, emphasis on visual clarity in PvP, right? Uh, we also got the question about the, the map, right? Will weapon auto attack? Uh, talked about... Uh, mentioning of uh, open world battlegrounds, you know, and talking about, you know, how's that going to relate to these uh, open world dungeons? And is it going to count as a world battleground potentially then? Uh, talking about the uh, the animals and like, is there going to be a variation between the different mounts and like their behavior? Is it going to be all one and the same? Um, there was just a lot of good feedback in regard to the questions and they even talked about the tavern system and the guild halls and you know are there going to be like parlor games and things of that nature and you know so i really would encourage people to go back we could sit here and go through all these questions um but of course i am a big proponent of do your research look at the information for yourself make a decision based on what you see from the developer not just from people that are telling you on a live stream or on a show because even we have bias we try to be objective um, but this is how sometimes information isn't relayed very well and of course we've seen this with other creators who have gone and bashed the game and they were essentially you know promoting their opinions as facts and you know i just want to really encourage people go check out the live stream right go check out the websites Check it out for yourself. See it for yourself. Make your own decisions. And if you're not sure if you want to play it or not, yo, you can always wait till the game launches. It does not have a box cost. It just has a subscription. And, you know, literally the amount of content you're going to get to play when this game launches, just paying the subscription fee 
is super cheap compared to most games that come out with a box cost. And, you know, you can test it for yourself then too, if that's the case. You know, so a lot of people are keep, you know, complaining like, oh, I've been ripped off and all this and that. I'm like, I mean, there's not a basis for any of that. So do, do your own research. We've given you information. Some final thoughts before we kind of transition this thing out for the night, Daedalus. I mean, just a couple of things in the Q&A that I, uh, I did want to call out. I mean, I, I do um, hope with, you know, Alpha 1 commencing, we'll be able to see more around what the character builds will look like. I mean, I think from the Q&A in particular, the healer question just reminded me of, you know, days past as a theory crafter when, you know, the class list was pretty fresh and new. And I do desperately want to understand how the different builds and combinations interplay with each other. So kind of hearing them talk a little bit about the choices clerics can make um, was awesome. Being able to kind of spec into different types of heals just, you know, kind of made me nostalgic for the days of yore when we were talking about class combinations and, and whatnot. And then another thing that I think it isn't a new concept, but I like the fact that they kind of brought home was this idea that the world doesn't ex that the world exists without you and that whole concept because one of the things that I'd have to say in a way what I think is a little overdone is this whole you are a hero in this MMO and you're the central figure in this story when the bottom line is it's everybody gets a trophy right I, I don't want everyone to be the hero I want there to be you know things that happen in the world where I might not be able to be the person that saves the day and that drives me to take different actions or, you know, group up with people and, and do some, you know, some other things. So for me, kind of having that whole everybody's a hero concept, it, it kills the immersion for me. Mm -hmm. So I do like the fact that they kind of under, you know, you know, I guess the foundation of what they're doing is all about the world lives without you you are an active participant you can change the course of the world but you are by no means you know the the soul's you know protector the soul savior there's a concept of players needing to work together um, or work against each other depending on what where they're coming from so i'd say in general i mean i think my key takeaway is good stream i mean i did enjoy kind of the continued focus on the mmo I'm really excited for the next month as they reveal what they're going to be doing in GBC. Um, I'm just, you know, can't, can't contain my excitement enough to be able to actually see MMO stuff getting mm -hmm. out in front of a conference. Um, so I wish them the best of luck and a really good showing there. And um, I'm hoping we get a little bit of a preview in the live stream before they, you know, um, go, go to GDC, um, but I'm just hoping that it does, you know, it does present well, because I know they've been working really hard on on getting to a point at which Alpha 1 is kind of a ready-to-go type of scenario. So, yeah, best of luck to Intrepid with mm -hmm. that. That's all I've got. Fantastic. Well, I think that about rounds off our... Uh our show for today ladies and gentlemen it's been a pleasure as always uh daedalus why don't you let everybody know where you reign from and where they can find you uh well you can reach me at my website on uh, ashenherald.com or um on twitter at at the ashen herald or youtube at youtube.com slash c slash the ashen herald i'm Simorg. i've been your host uh we don't know exactly when the next show is gonna be but if you enjoy the content and the conversation, you can catch me, obviously, right here where you're watching it, whether it's on YouTube or you're on Twitch. Uh, make sure to support the Ashes of Creation content creators uh, that do create. Uh, toss some follows, hang out with them, get to know them in the community. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay alert, watch the Discord, etc. for the announcements on the next one. Hopefully we'll get another one in before the end of the month. But uh at the worst case scenario, you will generally always see us uh, after their live streams because that's when we get the biggest amounts of information currently. Once we have more regular information, you will you know, see us either every other week or weekly, which is what we used to do. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, 
You all have a great week or two or three. And until the next time, we will catch you on stream. Everyone, take care. We'll see you soon. Good night, everyone.